Welcome to Jamie's Corner Podcast. This is a show where we talk about veganism, spirituality, animal rights, friends, family, struggles. I don't know. I kind of use this as my own therapy session, you know, just talking things through, really. So let's have some fun. I interview a lot of different activists, yogis, nutritionists. We got some doctors on here, veterinarians. You name it, just a lot of really great people. So thanks for joining me. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. I was thinking about writing initially and I'm like, I started thinking about teaching people marketing because I've always been curious about how vegan businesses market themselves. I, you know, a book that looked at all the vegan businesses out there and shared secrets of, of how they create success for their businesses. I think that would be very useful. And I'm curious as well to learn about this. So I Googled and there were no books out there on this topic. And so by the end of September, 2021, I started firing off all you know my emails asking for case studies through a Google form and three months later so at the end of the year the book was pretty much written so that's how it came together and wow. that's my and- gift to the vegan industry you are welcome <laughs> so Sandra thank you so much for coming on the Jamie's Corner podcast I appreciate your time you are so welcome and thank you for having me on you have a brilliant podcast and have hosted so many guests. So it is uh, absolutely my honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much. And the work that you're doing is so impressive. It's, it's unbelievable to see, you know, all of this information that you've condensed into your new book. So today in this podcast, I want to talk about the secrets to vegan marketing, to, you know, vegan businesses. I want to talk about how you got involved in veganism. Your story is pretty awesome because I know that you had been thinking about it, you know, 10 years ago and then finally took the leap. So I want to get into the specifics of that and we'll kind of just go from there. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Who are you? What are you up to? Uh, yeah, so I'm Sandra Namoto. Uh, I'm 40 years old. Uh, I identify as Filipina Canadian. So my parents immigrated to Canada first in Montreal, so on the East Coast. Uh, so my sister and I were born there. And then right after I was born, um, they move out west to Vancouver, where I where I live now. And so, um, yeah, they just couldn't stand the cold winters. We're like, they're like, we're out after a couple of years. So, <laughs> I hear so yeah, New so York is, is the worst with that. Yeah, similar, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I'm a West Coaster here. And um, I guess on top of that, yeah, professionally, I've, I've been a communicator most of my career. So right after my degree, uh, my university degree, I, I hopped into public relations, um, started my own agency, ran that for just over 10 years. And then uh, after closing that, floundered for a few years, as you do. Um, but that was the year I became vegan as well. So a few years into becoming fully vegan, um, decided to start another business as the content doctor. And with this business, I'm specifically um doing content writing and editing for vegan businesses. So, so uh, yeah, integrating my personal values into work has always been a big part of my life. And I'm, I'm just, yeah, just blessed to be able to continue on with that as a vegan. I think it's so important to, to do something like that. Like I could not picture myself working, you know, nine to five job, doing something that doesn't matter to me that I hate 
that just doesn't provide any value for myself. I mean, think about it. You're at these jobs 90% of the time, right? So it's like to be able to combine your passion with work is, is amazing that you that you're able to do that. Thank you. And I feel like you're you're young, but you're already doing that with this podcast. <laughs> Whereas exactly. it took me a long time, um, yeah, to figure that out. I knew right, you know, with my first public relations job, it was so not a fit. I mean, I'm I'm grateful to have had that opportunity because that's where I learned everything about public relations. But at the same time, um, yeah, it just wasn't a fit. And, I, you know, it took I was dragging my feet to work every day. And it, you know, you at least for me, I waited until my breaking point <laughs> until I was like, all right, I got to quit. And then, and, and that's always how it's been for me. I get these intuitive hits whenever I ignore them. It just takes me longer to figure shit out. <laughs> and then when I do follow it. So, so, um, yeah, this is how the content doctor started. I sat down to meditate at the end of 2019 um, and I was I, I was actually doing some research on like, hey, could I make a career out of writing for like plant based media outlets? And I found not all of them pay, first of all. And the ones that do, I mean, maybe at best I could make a part time income because um, I didn't want to apply like as a full time staffer. Like I, I don't have a journalism background. That's not my thing. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of discouraged by that, sat down to meditate and just this booming voice told me you're vegan now and you're always going to write. So put those two things together. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like a month later, threw a service page up on my website, started telling people, hey, you know, I'm looking for vegan biz- businesses to write for. And that's how my business picked up. So so whenever I listen to my intuition right away, it never leads me astray. And I love that you mentioned that you found this through when you were meditating. Like it wasn't something that you had been thinking about for a while. It, like when, as soon as your mind got quiet and you were sitting there, mm. you were finally able to put two and two together. And in this podcast, I, I do like to talk to my guests about practices that uh, like morning routines, nighttime routines, different practices that help them. And so we can talk a little bit about meditation because it sounds like it was really, it's been life changing for you. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so I, I, I started with TM, um, Transcendental Meditation, in 2014. Grateful to have learned that technique. I have since learned it's not the greatest organization when you go deep into <laughs> uh, the, the, the deep bellies of <laughs> uh, the, the organization. Um, you know, on the, they have a university out in I- Iowa, I believe it's called Marishi University. Not so great things happen there. Um, so yeah, so I've sort of had to take uh, the good parts, which, which is the technique. Um, and I've since added kind of my own layers to that. I add, I do affirmations before I meditate. I do a little bit of breath work. Um, and then, and then as I meditate, I also do chakra visualization. So I've kind of turned it into my whole, <laughs> a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, I'm grateful to have started with TM and, um, yeah, and their, um, structure is twice a day, 20 minutes each. So 20 minutes before you eat breakfast, 20 minutes before you eat dinner or roughly, roughly those times. And, and that's what I've stuck to. Uh, so I'm almost, yeah, I, I guess eight years in, um, uh, pretty much a daily practice and I found it has helped me not only just manage uh, you know stress and mental health but um, increase my intuition 
which I think is, I mean, I, I believe everybody has intuition, but if you want to really jumpstart that and have it as a guiding force in your, in your life, I believe, because it has been for me, um, meditate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and maybe things will just become clearer for you. And if you're in a time in your life that you need some thought or help deciding, you know, on, on an action, then I think meditation can be super helpful certainly been for me. So why don't you, when you first even heard the word vegan, like take us back to just growing up, like what was your life like um, as a child? Oh, most definitely as a carnivore. Um, I remember at some point as a kid, I heard the word vegan. And yeah, I, I knew that distinction between vegetarian and vegan. I don't, I don't remember who it was, some, some classmate. They were like, vegetarian, you still eat dairy and eggs. You don't eat meat or seafood. Um, but vegans like are no animal products at all, not even dairy. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, but, but what's funny is like as I you know, went into my 20s, started learning, learning how to cook, you know, I did have this voice in my in the back of my mind. And I think that was my intuition um, telling me that, you know, because I had a strong sense of value, like I said, um, social impact, environmental impact has always been important to me. Um, yeah. And, and just the idea of being vegan, I, I, I knew like it was the ethical choice. I was like, oh, yeah, like it would be great to be vegan, but it's just you know it just seems like too hard of a thing to do and um I remember telling my boyfriend at the time this is 2007 who's now my husband um so on like one of our first dates I was yeah I told him I was like it would be great to be vegan I just I just don't know how to even do it and then later that year I saw earthlings and that's what changed everything for me so it's funny it's like we we know this stuff you know and if you're listening out there and and you know like you want to dip into this lifestyle you just don't know how i like just trust me there is a way there's a way for everybody we just come at it at a different way there absolutely is and for me it was also seeing earthlings seeing dominion those are kind of the two films that like solidified it for me and when you actually think about the animals and when you look at what happens to them you'll find a way to be vegan yeah you'll, you'll figure it out you know um yeah like after seeing earthlings and of course it took me many years that was 2007 it took me 11 years to finally become vegan but once you're there you're like why don't we teach kids how their food is made like we have home ec classes we have children's cooking classes they all have a right to know how their food is made and you don't need to show them you know the brutal slaughterhouses with the blood and everything but they should still know how their food is made they should know what chicken is they should know what beef is that comes from a cow you know mm-hmm. like like it does need to be spelled out to them because if yeah, they want to exactly. be chefs in the future they have to know how the heck this stuff is made yeah and most of them won't eat it if you tell them what it really is yeah yeah i, I bet you 90 percent of kids if they knew would would choose otherwise right so how did you start to then learn um, cooking and what was the, the changes for you? So I started, um, eliminating all meat except for chicken. Cause that was the hardest for me. So I did a year of that. And then, a, uh, and then after that I cut out chicken and I've never been a fan of seafood or eggs, but I would say after that, like 
they weren't they weren't even my primary sources of protein yeah I was I would say like Monday through Friday I was already cooking vegan um and let me tell you I was not a great cook I'm still not a great cook but but (laughs) this is very key to the lifestyle and it makes you appreciate food as well like like I said where your food comes from um yeah, so cooking whole food, plant-based, vegan Monday through Friday. And then whenever my husband and I would eat out on weekends, I might, you know, have the fish and chips or the fish option or, you know, maybe some eggs. Um, but I was never a fan. So it wasn't until um, our honeymoon um, in New York City in 2017, we ate at um, Iron Chef Morimoto's restaurant and basically had this whole seafood feast. And I was like, this is the best seafood feast I've ever had in my life. It's not going to get any better than this. So I've, you know, knowing I've always wanted to be vegan and that's the goal that I'm working towards. I was like, that's it. So, t- so 10 years after seeing Earthlings, I finally made the leap just, just then and there. I was like, that's it. No more seafood. Uh, <laughs> and then from there, I was still, you know, doing eggs and dairy. Um, again, knowing vegan was always the goal. And then it was after that, it was health for me that did it. So I have had this digestive condition, um, still, you know, not officially diagnosed by my health team, but I believe it's underactive stomach. Um, I discovered that condition in 2018. Um, and by that time I was already on a vegan diet, but, um, yeah, just after one bout of really horrible acid reflux in the middle of the night, uh, in the spring of 2018, I went back to my naturopath. I was like, help me. Um, I had already gone to her before and she said, let's do a food sensitivity test. So did that test find out, found out I was sensitive to dairy, which many people of color are. Yes. And she was like, cleanse all these foods for four months and then start putting them back into your diet. So I did that for four months and I went, what were the foods that you took out? Um, Uh, it's it's a long list um gluten was part of it yeast anything yeast related so um yeah no alcohol which i don't tolerate well anyway um some some vegetables um but yeah like dairy was the big one right and and so after that those four months i said to myself i think i can do this being vegan was always the goal so uh here i am and from then on i you know was proudly marching as a vegan and then then I realized I had to look at my clothing and you know all the other aspects and make sure that that I was um yeah adhering to the lifestyle in the other places but yeah once once you get over the hurdle of food um everything else is easy in my opinion 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah because a lot of people don't realize that it really is a lifestyle it's not just about a diet because you could be eating oreos and potato chips but you could also be eating salads and vegetables and healthy fruits you know so um, it really is uh, overcoming that, just fi- seeing that there are other ways and other options. So then you, you've, you were able to take this lifestyle into your business. And you, your goal, from what I understand and what I saw in your book, is really to help these businesses grow and expand and market. You know, that there is money out there. And how do you, you know, take a small idea and grow it into something that, is impacting and reaching millions of people. And I think, you know, marketing, we see it every single day of our lives, right? So it's a huge, huge part of our lives. And how can we do that um, as vegans to help spread the message and create impact? So I guess 
I think what would be really, really helpful for my listeners and I think what a lot of people were wondering and want to know is like, tell me a little bit about vegan marketing for success. What is your book about? Um, how did you have, have the idea to write it? And why should people listen to you particularly? Wow. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say I've never held an official marketing position. So there you go. Um, but I did say before I ran a public relations agency for over 10 years. So I've got that uh, you know, as my background. And then I've started this new business, um, content writing and editing for vegan businesses. So I know a little bit about marketing. Um, and then I got the idea. So, uh, I, I did an intuitive reading. So here's another thing you learn about me. I'm a big fan of spiritual spirituality, intuition. Um, so I had this reading around the time of my birthday in 2021. So this is the spring. And I was like, what do the spirit guides have to say for my for this birthday? And the person said, um, you're going to write a book and you're going to work on it, um, you know, when you're not working with clients, like on your off time. And I went, oh, OK, I have no idea what this, you know, book is going to be. Um, so I asked at the next reading, <laughs> what's this book supposed to be about? And she said, you're going to teach people how you do what you do. And so I was thinking about writing initially and I'm like, there is absolutely no way I can teach people how to write. It's impossible. Um, but I started thinking about um, teaching people marketing because I've always been curious about how vegan businesses market themselves. I, you know, a book that looked at all the b- vegan businesses out out there and um you know as you said at the top shared secrets of of how how they create success for their businesses i think that would be very useful and i'm curious as well to learn about this so um i googled and there were no books out there uh on this topic the closest one was katrina fox's vegan ventures which she published in um 2015 or 2016 and she had a few chapters about marketing but her book is is mostly about how to run a vegan business. So I was like, she's done this. Um, and I basically want to take those few chapters that she started on and flesh that out into a book. And so by the end of September 2021, I started firing off all you know my emails asking for case studies um, through a Google form. And uh, three months later, so at the end of the year, the book was pretty much written. So that's how it came together. And that's my gift to the vegan industry. You are welcome. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, there are so many good tips in there. And while I don't even have a business, there's things that I can just use for even just like my social media, my YouTube channel. Like just, it's so brilliant in the ways that you talk all about, even just the first chapter, you're talking about company names. So you have this idea, then where do you go from there? So it really does bring you full circle to the the seed and then on to how to share and promote it so i I don't know like obviously we we want people to you know read the book but like Mm -hmm. can you give us a little yeah yeah, we can't give too much away um but i guess like what are what are some um tips that you would have uh just in general for for marketing a business Well, I love that you pointed out that, yeah, I started with the basics in the beginning. Like what I wanted to do was like just vomit out to everyone. (laughs) Here are all the possible marketing tactics you can do and then fill in the gaps with or basically fill in, use real life examples um, to explain how those tactics work. Um, But I, I really enjoyed how this book came together fluidly. So as the case started 
case studies started coming in, I started writing the book. Like I didn't wait until I had like 50 case studies and then like, let's start this. Like um, I just started getting intuitive hits. You know, I'm a writer, right? So writers just know when to start. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I just started like, you know, putting chapters together and, and that, in that first chapter on basics, like really just came together itself. Like I got a really amazing um, story from Vegan Business Tribe in the UK. They Their whole strategy is around how their members find them. And so they formed, you know, they, are, they inspired a section in that first chapter about customer service, even though that's not, you wouldn't really think that's a part of marketing, um, but it can be. And so, yeah. And then, and, so, and then the last fast forwarding to the last chapter, I call it everything else. Cause it's, it's like everything else that didn't fit, you know, as its own chapter. So I'm really proud that I have a section on diversity and inclusion in there. Um, I talk about how companies um, pivoted during the pandemic because not everybody did well um, these last few years. And um, I have a section on uh, businesses that are transitioning or have transitioned to becoming vegan and how important, you know, how they use that to to share their marketing story. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is that the big the, the biggest chapters are public relations and digital marketing. So it just tells you these are the tactics that most vegan businesses are using. It doesn't mean that's, you know, going to be the secret for you. It's right. just, that's what most companies are using. And so, and the other thing I'll say is that, um, I really wanted to get, um, a good range of types of businesses. So from the solopreneur, even, even if you're an influencer, you can learn a lot from, from this book. Cause there are influencers that told their stories, um, all the way up to big corporations. Like, you know, what do you do with your million dollar budget? But, None of those big corporations responded back to me. So this book is really um, filled with the small to medium sized business, um, which, you know, everybody starts out as anyway. So if you're you're a startup um, or like like you said, if you're even at the idea stage and you know you're going to run some type of vegan business. um, Yeah, I I think this book would still help you. Exactly. And and I like how you said, you know, for different businesses, there's going to be different tactics and different strategies. Like you talk all about how some people really market off of the word vegan. Like that is Mm -hmm. what they have in their name, in their company name. They have the word vegan. Other companies completely stray away from that. And you wouldn't even know that they are vegan until you actually like buy their product. And even with the advertisements, you talk about like digital advertising, you talk about native advertising. And for my audience, I do want you to kind of explain the difference between those different types of advertising because I do think it's super interesting and helpful. But also like some companies will are clever and they'll take meat ads that you've seen, you know, in the past that like big meat corporations use and they'll like veganize it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, when your brain sees it, you associate it with you know, that butcher company, but then you're, it's a plant-based product. And then other companies go the complete opposite direction where it's like, they don't, they put not milk. Like it's not this, like it's, you know, so there's so many different ways about going about it. But I think you, you help us to understand, uh, and to, to start thinking through these ideas of what is it exactly, um, that I want to do with my own company and how can I get there? Yeah, and I think you've sort of hinted at it, but creativity is a huge part of that. Um, I think as vegans, we're naturally innovative. You know, all these people who are making alternatives 
they're innovative because we don't have alternatives to certain things yet. You know, they're still coming. And so, um, yeah, don't underestimate your creativity as a vegan. Um, and also remember back to, mo- you know, most of us were not vegan when we started out as humans. So <laughs> remember that, yeah, like we can't shove um all the information about why it's important to become vegan down a potential customer's throat when they're not ready for the information. And so, yeah, some vegan businesses are going to be more into activism than others, but, but I think that's where the creativity comes in. You know, if you're, if you're jabbing at like, for example, VFC is, is a play, like everything they do is a play on KFC and they're always jabbing at KFC and that's their whole thing. And I think you have to be creative like that, like come up with your own shtick, <laughs> so to right. speak, to to and yeah, to become a part of your brand. Um, I think that that creative aspect of vegan businesses is what's really going to help us. Um, yeah, I'll drive this forward. Yeah, and shout out to VFC. I actually had their vegan fried chicken and like it was oh, very good. Yeah, at the Plant-Based World Expo last December, I, I saw them there. They're great. I mean, their advertising is on point. Yeah, and I, you remember huge, it. Huge, yeah, huge fan. And what all, all, often happens is I'm, I'm a huge fan of the marketing uh, before I even try the product. And then if the product is good, you know, <laughs> then I'm like, yeah, I'm a super fan. And then I shout everybody <laughs> from the, yeah. shout it to everyone from the rooftops. What are certain things in marketing that you think helps brands stand out? Mm, um, I th- yeah, I, I, I mentioned it there. I think it's the creativity. Um, and then also honesty. Like um, two of the uh, companies that are in the digital marketing chapter that, you know, social media is a big thing in there. So Kelly Bennett, she's actually out there in New York. Um, we talked for a, a great deal about what... Um, she because she works with a lot of um brands um what yeah what her secret is to social media and she's like it's documenting you know it's just being really honest about what's going on behind the scenes over here so she she's big on stories and uh reels on instagram and this was just when i was like getting a handle on reels i was like oh you know i hate it so much but i know i need to be using it and she's just like yeah and she just shared don't think about it so much, you know, just, just think about it as like, you have 90 seconds to share something like what's something you can share that is going on in your business. Right. And I, I love how just, yeah, honesty and being transparent is part of her strategy. And it's also part of midday square strategy. So if you're not familiar with midday squares, it's a Montreal based, um, functional chocolate bar brand, and they are out to kill it. Like they want to be the, like one of the top five chocolate companies in the world. Like they're serious about this. They've already been hit with like various, um, cease and desist letters for their, you know, their typography and the color of their packaging. Like, like they're, they're, they're small. They're still quite a small business, but they've been hit hard by these big companies. Why? Because they see the threat coming. Um, and, and the, the, the secret to their success is transparency. And so, um, I say in the book how, one of the second hire on their operation side was a videographer. They hired a videographer before they hired a salesperson because they knew that documenting was going to be a huge part of their strategy. And it still is. Um, so, so yeah, so they're filming pretty much everything. And then they have a team that goes and cuts it, you know, they create stories out of it. Um, and then they also do like fun videos, um, 
I mentioned in the book, there's a, they did a, a Valentine's parody video of a DJ Khaled music video. Like, <laughs> like, and so this is a chocolate brand. You know how many chocolate brands there are? Even vegan chocolate. There's tons, there's tons of options. But when you stand out like Midday Squares does, like you're not going to forget um, their brand. And that, and it's, like I said before, like I was a huge fan of their marketing before I tried the product. Now that I've tried the product, I'm a super fan. So this is how you have to stand out. It's, it's, a, yeah, I think the combination of honesty and transparency, and then also being creative and trying to stand out, you know, you're not just a vegan business. You, you are a great business um, that's helping out the world. So you have to show that. Right, because I mean, how many freaking chocolate bars can I possibly see? I've seen them all. Like, yeah. great, okay, you can put a cool image on the wrapping, the wrapping paper, but it's like, I've seen these chocolate bars. So I think that that's really cool. And I do think videography is a huge part of everything. Like, I'm a, that's what I do for a living. I'm a producer oh, at a film amazing. company. And we're all vegan. We focus on animal rights content. We also work with like vegan uh, food brands. And so I think that that is a huge, huge part in helping to create awareness about a product. And there's so many fun things to do with it. I mean, we did a campaign for Nelly's Organics, which is a chocolate bar company. And we did everything from street interviews with people, of trying the bars, to an ASMR video of like the chocolate melting and, you know, great cool yeah. shots. And we did like a cool like cartoon animation video. Like there's so many different things to try and to do, but it doesn't come easy. You really do have to think through these things. Yeah. And I think there's a way that like, you know, you may be listening to this and, and thinking, hey, you know, I'm an introvert. I hate getting in front of cameras. I'm not going to do that. And I, well, I'm going to say to you, um, you're missing out. You're missing out on, op on, on an opportunity to communicate to your audience what you're about. And maybe you hate going on camera. Say that, you know, say like, this is not my style. And maybe you're, that's not going to be a huge part of your strategy. But but yeah, we live in a digital visual world. So like I'm a writer, even I've had to learn how to use reels, right? And so you've got to find a way to make it work for you. Maybe it's not going to be a huge part of your strategy, but every now and then it's good for people to see your face, to know, you know, to know and trust you. It's that trust factor as well. Yeah, I really like that being authentic and, and true because ultimately like people are going to be able to see right through that. You know, and yes. if you're staying true to yourself, then the advertising, the rest of the stuff that you're putting out there is going to be consistent and it's going to align with you and your brand. Right. So I think that's all super important. So when you talk about like the different forms of advertising, can we like break it down a little bit? So like what for those people that are listening that don't know what traditional advertising is, what native or outdoor advertising is? or direct marketing. Can you talk a little bit about those and why they could be valuable? So every, every chapter in the book is, yeah, is sort of on one group of tactics, I'll say. And so uh, chapter two, yeah, is on advertising and direct marketing. So advertising is basically anything, any media that you are paying for in exchange for exposure. So traditional advertising is, um, includes uh, your newspapers, your magazines, radio, TV. Um, it, yeah, I would, say, I would say those are the main forms. And then obviously there's digital advertising. That's anything from like website banners to social media advertising. Um, then you have your indoor and outdoor. 
So, you know, back of bathroom stalls, that's indoor. Um, billboard outside or on the bus or on a train, that's outdoor. Um, and then you have your native advertising, so a little bit more subtle. Um, so this is when you're looking at, you're reading an article, you almost don't know that it's a, a sponsored <laughs> a sponsored post, um, but you see somewhere like sponsored post or um uh, I don't know, sponsored by blah, blah, blah company. That means the company paid for it. They, they paid for that feature. Um, yeah. And then, and you could get into your, you know, your film, your filmmaker, um, movies, TVs, every time you see a brand that's paid for. So, so yeah, that's, that's advertising in a nutshell. It's, it's, it's that exchange of, of, um, yeah, of, of money for exposure. And I really love how you were saying that with your writing business, sometimes you'll even go to networking events and wear a shirt that says your brand, that says the content on it. No, I, I, I want to. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I said that it was a great idea. Um, I got that idea from Vegan Business Tribe because, um, yeah, in the book, uh, David uh, shared a story about one of their members who went out wearing a sandwich board. So Louis Sanford at Avocado, he sells greeting cards and Perfect. he went out wearing a sandwich board. Uh, I don't know what the board said, um, but he sold 12 cards in that small amount of time. And that's really amazing. So yeah, so that gave me the idea of like, if, if my brand is the content doctor and I do use like, oh, pr you know, content prescription here and that, like I, I try and throw in those right. medical references every now and then. Um, but yeah, if I'm going to go to a, um, even like a vegan festival, it doesn't even need to be a networking event. It could be like, yeah, our like our planted expo here in Vancouver. If I wore a doctor's coat with my branding on it, like, like that would be cool. So I just I just need to find a company. If there's a vegan clothing promo company who wants to make this coat for me, please reach out because I yeah, I'm in the market for that. So so yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean you could even do it yourself. Just like print it on there or I'm sure that you can go online and order one. Yeah, I just again I I'm it careful is. about who I support, so I do exactly. want to make sure it's you know it's an eco-friendly uh, vegan company they're not yeah they're of not course. using any silly chemicals in there so so yeah um, like yeah. I said reach out to me if you're that apparel company <laughs> it really is a thing yeah with the the ink and it's it's crazy the more I mean I've been vegan for about five years and I'm still learning things every day I'm like oh my god it's it's yeah it's crazy uh, but hopefully one day we'll live in a world where it's the norm and then you have to like actually yes. request and ask you know, people for animal flesh. Like I was in the Barcelona airport and I had a six hour layover there because I was flying from Nice back to Barcelona, back to New York. And I'm just sitting there and it's just, it, it kind of like got me back out of like my vegan bubble where I realized like how just insane the world is. Sometimes I get caught up and I, I think more people are vegan than they actually are because I was sitting in this airport and there was like no food for me to eat, like nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anyway, uh, I do long for the day where people that are trying to make ethical choices, sustainable choices that we don't, we don't have the least options. We should really have the most options, you know? Yes. hundred percent. And then as you said, the animal product, you know, may still be out there, but it should be, it should be niche. It should be the one with all the labels on it. Um, it should be the one people ask for and pay more for. So, so I've, yeah, we're, we're dreaming in the same vegan world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like the cigarette packets have, you know, people yes. that have like, you know, black lungs and 
Yeah, missing fingers. It's like they should show cows hanging from slaughterhouses with their throats slit. They should show people that are in hospitals because of high blood pressure, cholesterol, heart disease, cancer, diabetes. Like that is what needs to be shown 100%. on these meat packages. Let's be transparent, you know? Let's let's be true and genuine to our brand. And that's what's so messed up about all of these companies, you know, speaking of marketing and advertising, is they lie. Everything is greenwashed. Everything is a bullshit excuse um, to get people to buy their products. But most people, if they actually knew where their eggs were coming from, where their, you know, ham sandwiches came from, they would not be eating these products. So how do you think that these comp- these meat companies have gotten away so long with this? I think you said it. I think it's, they yeah, they've managed to lie uh, <laughs> enough that, it, I mean, it's still going on, right? I think that the climate week in New York just passed and there was a session on, uh, what is it, like cli- climate-friendly beef or something. I was like, who's really going to attend this? Like, <laughs> and you'd probably, I'd be probably surprised. There are probably, there are probably people there. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it, it's that, it's that whole, they're playing to um, the naivety of people. And it's and this has been going on for decades. And so now that we're in an age in an information age where we know better. Um, yeah, it's it's really on the consumer to know better and do better, because until we start removing funds and our dollars to yep. this industry, that's, by the way, killing the planet as well as people. Um, yeah, we're going to have more of the same. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's upon every single one of us uh, mm-hmm. to change this. It's all the subsidies that are going there. And it's, it, it's so shameful. It is, so, it is such a skeevy industry. It's really disgusting. But I feel like there are things that we can take from the industry that has made them so successful. You know, and kind of like what we mentioned earlier with the, the advertising. Um, they do a good job. I mean, they have all this excess dairy products that they deliberately push double cheeseburger, you know, pizza crust with cheese inside of it, like cheese in this, milk in this, whey in this. It's everywhere. Um, And their campaigns are very memorable. Mm, Yep. So it's like, how do you think we can then maybe take some of these ideas um, or have you seen more companies taking some of these ideas that the meat, dairy, and egg industries use uh, to plant-based industries. I also have to think of scale, right? Like, I I personally don't know many, um, yeah, many vegan businesses who are are competing on that scale of budget, right? Like I said, Mm -hmm. I I was hoping to get some of those stories um, and let's get an idea of how much you're spending on marketing. Um, But they just really did not have time to respond. So, <laughs> so you know, but what you can do is follow them. Follow whatever they're putting out. Maybe not so much on social media, but their news releases. And especially if it's a public company, follow, yeah, follow what they're saying in terms of um, uh, their investing and their reporting. Because that's really, that's that's how we know what's going on in the vegan industry and how they're competing. And also just be, a, again, a smart consumer. Don't fall for these uh, stupid ads that are telling you that we need milk for strong bones. We've been told that for decades. And we now know, um, you know, those of us who have 
read the research and and the actual studies that that's not true and in fact it could it could cause the opposite so um yeah i always find it funny when the the subsidized companies so for example dairy farmers of canada they start advertising why because they've noticed that there's a drop in people buying cow's milk um, and cheese uh, and people are trying out new alternatives and so they're pumping in their ad dollars so that actually tells me yes they may have the bigger budget but they're they're investing in ads because something has changed mm-hmm. like they're they're it's it's getting rattled a little and so that gives me hope that that you know oh these industries are you know they're getting a little scared so they're pumping more dollars in um, but Think about all of the consumers that are going the other way. They're learning that, hey, most people of color are in some form or another either, yeah, intolerant or allergic to dairy products. And so we have to try these other alternatives. And so the, the more you learn this stuff, um, yeah, just just be a smarter consumer and, and, and see through the ads. I definitely have seen a lot of these dairy industries doing more advertisements. I mean, even on some of their milk cartons. I, I just recently saw this new carton of milk that has something like save the climate on it and, um, you know, dairy that's good for the planet. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Can you tell me exactly how that happens, please? They can't. There's no freaking way. And even if it was like, let's factor the animals into the equation and the amount of water it takes just to keep them alive, the amount of food and resources it takes to keep them alive. It's, it's just, there's nothing sustainable about it. It's like if you, you have all this excess money or if you see that your business is failing, switch to another one, Jesus Christ. Like, it's time to change, people. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I understand it's generations of, you know, probably families and they've, this is all they've known, but we, we are getting to the point where like, you gotta wake up. You know, yeah, I think it was last year as people started taking photos of the fridge or yeah, the fridge aisle at Whole Foods and it was like either half or more plant based alternatives like stuff like that, like that gets me fired up. I'm like, yes, like, yes, there's still going to be the animal option out there. But but yeah, if we're taking up half the fridge aisle, like that's great. It, it, it shows that, yeah, that there's there's some sort of shift happening uh, on the consumer side and, and yeah, it's, it's not going to happen in one fell swoop, but I, I, yeah, just, just put your feelers out there and (laughs) see through the ads and you'll see that. Yeah. Just, just have hope that the shift is happening. It is for sure. And you know, what you're seeing nowadays is what a lot of companies are using to push their products and to create shift is they're using influencer marketing and they're using celebrities and to promote different products. And, you know, you look at Beyond Meat, Kim Kardashian, um, and a, mm-hmm. a couple other very well-known celebrities promoting these products and it gets people talking, it gets media attention. Um, and ultimately, if you like that celebrity, you want to try whatever product they're trying, right? So what are ways that people can use or brands can use to reach out to um, influencers? Yeah, I don't think it's too difficult. Like there are agencies out there that you can um, reach out to that represent these influencers because they're so big now that they need representation. Um, you will need a budget. So just just you, you got to know that uh, that, yeah, you're going to have to budget for that. Um, but also look at like the smaller influencers like 
like you know 10k or less i would say like like people folks like me and um you know are micro influencers like um especially if yeah if if you are geographically limited let's say you're yeah you're only limited to one city um look at the the influencers in those city and sometimes you know they may not need a huge budget they may just need you to ship them the product or something like that so so yeah so don't always think it's going to cost a million dollars um i think yeah if you're smart uh and frugal with your budget you can yeah you can be creative and use yeah kind of what's at your disposal so um, yeah, and, and that doesn't always have to involve an agency. You can reach out to them directly. Um, some of them ha will have their own media kits. So um, yeah, it, just make sure the fit is right. And I think keeping up with where we're at in, as a society. So like, you know, back in what, the 1800s, they're using newspapers. Like now we have Instagram, we have t TikTok, we have all these different social media outlets that are useful and that get eyeballs like you get the the point is to get a lot of people looking at it right so like keeping up with the trends and what's new and um i think that that's super important as well which you you touch on a lot as well yeah i say right in the beginning of the book like this is not going to give you the magic formula because that's different for everyone that's the, that's a huge thing i learned about this book is no strategy is the same um, and even if you were to use the exact same tactics that your competitor was using at the exact same time with the exact same budget, it may not work out for you because, you know, your audience may be slightly different. So you really have to um, learn what works for you um, in terms of, yeah, how you're you're engaging and getting your audience to buy. Do more of that. And then if you try a new tactic and it's not working out, you know, Maybe it's not working out at that time. You can try it another time and pivot. Yeah, just the, the worst thing you can do is do the same stuff. And if it's not working, continue to do the same stuff. Um, yeah, again, another thing I've learned is, is just the importance of pivoting. Because um, as you said, yeah, the tools are always changing and evolving. And um, yeah, even even how I used Reels last year is a little is slightly different than how I use them now. Um, so yeah, just always be prepared to change. Like uh, that's what marketing is. It's keeping up with trends. Um, it's staying creative. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's always going to change. Well, everybody should definitely check out this book. I found it super helpful and I love that it's 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 appealing to, you know, not just business owners, but also, as you said, influencers of all sorts. So um, I, I found it very, very enlightening in those aspects. And one thing that I really love about you is that you, you talk a lot about how supporting ethical, sustainable companies has always been important to you, even before you like made the full switch to being vegan. So can you talk a little bit about that and then also give us advice on how to actually find out if what companies are ethical? Mm. I mean, the values, I think, just have been with me since I was a child. Like, even though I, I would I never had the vocabulary, you know, to say like social impact. Um, I just believed in being a good person, you know, being right. good to other people. And then, you know, once we started learning about environment um yeah that's a good thing we should be good to the environment because that's how we survive here <laughs> um yeah. and then as i got into yeah as i started my first business uh doing pr um i started meeting all these folks that i resonated with so a lot of them were in the spiritual circle but you know um 
uh, I worked with one sustainability advisor and she worked a lot with families. Um, and I just realized, oh, like this is a way that I can, um, I can, yeah, just, just have more impact in my work. And so I actually rebranded my, um, agency at the time to, uh, the old name to conscious public relations, because I knew with that name, I would attract more of my ideal clientele and that, that worked. So that was 2012. And then I did things like, um, became a member of 1% for the planet. Um, I certified as a B Corp twice, you know, just tried to get myself more and more in these business circles, um, where I would meet more of these aligned, um, yeah, uh, aligned businesses. And then it wasn't until I closed that business that I realized like, these circles aren't talking about veganism. <laughs> they have com- almost completely ignored the animal, uh, the the impact of animals. And so that was a huge wake up call for me. Not to say that any of you who are members or certified B Corps are not doing good work, um, but there's a huge gap. Um, if if you're already certified vegan or cruelty free, great. Like you're on you're on the path already. Um, so I'll say that, like, just that's, that's, yeah. And I, like I said, at the top, it's my intuition, my intuition has always guided me and it's told me, you know, this, this is the business you need to run because, uh, it's not easy to run a business. I'll tell you that. Um, and, but to run one that, you know, I feel good about at the end of the day uh, that I, I helped a business that is doing good for the world that helps me sleep better at night. And then on the consumer level, um, I've, like I said, I've just learned from people and, and books and documentaries. I'm big on documentaries. And then every time you see like, like, uh, yeah, there are great, um, news outlets like Vice and Vox that that are not covering traditional stories. Um, These are great for just learning what's going on. And once you know what's going on, then when you choose to buy a certain product or service at a store, you know to look for, you know, look out for the labels. Like, are they, okay, cruelty-free beauty company, great. But are they vegan? Because if they're not vegan, then there's a good chance that that animal ingredient you know that animal was also tested on so you can't it's not interchangeable i mean seriously yeah the certifications are not perfect but they're a great start and even when a company says vegan um you know you you also have to look at the 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 labels on the back because you never know and especially for folks who have serious allergies like yeah pay attention to that may contain traces of because that's that's big for folks um you know with allergies and intolerances even if it may be ever yeah marketed as a vegan or plant-based product if it's still made in a facility that you know has nuts or dairy or whatever that's super Mm -hmm. important and yeah and i i say a lot of that in the book um heather landex's book i reference her book quite a bit because uh in terms of marking that's super important um yeah when you're you could potentially impact somebody's health transparency is key and as a vegan you gotta read labels i learned that very early on um because they do try to sneak a lot of different things into foods that you would not think are in there Um, it's actually crazy like how how much just reading labels you you start to understand the lots of different chemicals and like just weird stuff that's in foods you know that we shouldn't be having yeah in terms of chemicals like europe is way ahead of us in north america they have a lot more i I think they have a ban on like 2000 chemicals or something like that a lot of which is still being used here um 
And then what else do I want to say? Yeah, and then there are names, there are tricky names of animal products that, like, for example, yeah. glycerin. Like, like there is vegetable glycerin, but there's also, most glycerin is also made of animal fat. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm not using that, the, the, <laughs> the word that I'm saying is not correct, but... Um, but yeah, if you're not sure which is which it is, which one it is, ask the company. You like that's Some, again, that's yeah. on you as a consumer to ask whether it's the animal or the plant version. Yeah, and the companies are getting better with it. I mean, I went to even a cafe the other day. It's called the Bean. They have them all over New York, and I walked in and they didn't know if there was honey in the granola. And you know, I emailed them and I was like, hey, like you know, just wanted to know for the future because I love you know getting smoothies and acai bowls here. I go there to do work all the time. Like, is there honey in your granola? Like, it should be labeled. Um, and then they got back, and it turns out there's not. At, then they said at that location, and now I'm like, okay, well, does that mean that it's different at other locations? Um, but yeah. you know, most companies are getting better about it. But yeah, you you'd be surprised, like even certain natural flavors or vanilla, certain vanilla flavors are like made from beaver butt juice, anal glands, like. Yeah, I saw that video, yeah. (laughs) Weird stuff, like really, really weird. And it's like, you have to ask yourself, is that something you wanna be putting in your body? Like, is that a company that you wanna be supporting? Like companies that squeeze beaver anal glands, like, I'm good. Don't need to be supporting them. Um, you know, so it, it really, it really is, um, it's, it's a crazy world. Um, so why don't you tell me like where everybody can find you and, and just any further advice that you have for vegans, for entrepreneurs, uh, as we kind of wrap things up. Sure. Uh, you can find me everywhere with my name. So sandranamoto.com um, and the same on social media. Um, and you'll find all of the, you know, my, my services for both businesses and authors there. You'll find information on the book and where you can get it there as well. Um, final advice to vegans or even aspiring vegans, just remember your values. I think that's the, the big key. Um, as we've talked about, there's so much temptation to fall back. Um, but but I, f- I feel like we're, 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 we've got great momentum right now. Um, especially with the tools that we have to um, share information and share uh, what's real about um, our food, clothing, etc. So um, please remember your values and and, uh, remember, yeah, that there are vegans who've been out there for decades doing this. So if they can do it, we can do it too. And for entrepreneurs, I would say you're a big part of how this world turns out because we're all consumers and we all need food, clothing, etc. So if you haven't thought about, um, number one, becoming a vegan business, now is the time to, because I'm telling you, this is, this is the way our world's moving. It's going to be more animal free. So start that process now, or at least think about your impact, your social impact on people, how you're treating your employees and, um, your impact on suppliers, etc., and your environmental impact because that's super amazing. important for um, the future of our world. Amazing, amazing. And remind us one more time where everybody can get your book, Vegan Marketing Success Stories. Uh, the ebook is available now everywhere you can buy ebooks. Um, the paperback and audio will come out World Vegan Day, November 1st. 
Um, so the paperback will be out on lulu.com, but I'll have a link to that on my website if, just, if you just want to hop on my website and find it there. And then the audio will be on Audible. Great, great. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. So guys, definitely go check that out and give Sandra a follow. Go support her and her book. And uh, if you have any questions, message her. Uh, this is a super important, interesting topic. And I think that with the right marketing, uh, we can really take over the world as we should. <laughs> as we freaking should. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, bye.